Hello, friends. Thank you so much for checking out this episode after a little bit of a break in the podcast. You know, I actually considered during the coronavirus shutdown, I considered doing some virtual podcasts through Zoom or something like that. But as bad as I am at talking in person with people and carrying on a conversation, I thought that doing it virtually would only be that much worse. So you're welcome, I guess, uh, for not doing that. But I am super excited to have been able to catch up with a couple people recently and record some new episodes and also connect with a few new people to set up some future episodes. So we should have a few coming here, maybe weekly if we're lucky. No promises. Absolutely no promises on that. But I do have an episode here for you. And this episode is episode number 10 with Patrick Grimion, a.k.a. Patty G., I uh, had the great pleasure of meeting Patrick whenever he came to my place of employment to interview my employer for his podcast, his great podcast called The Patty G Show, and kind of connected with him there and uh, carried on a conversation, followed him on social media, been seeing the stuff that he's been doing, listening to his podcast uh, over the past few months, and really wanted to talk with him about what he's been doing. His podcast, you should definitely check it out, as I mentioned, The Patty G Show, is talking with uh, primarily business owners and entrepreneurs and uh, getting their backstory, why they got into the business, hearing some of their struggles and things along those lines. Uh, Really valuable stuff. And all of his guests, I'm pretty sure all of his guests, uh, if not like basically the the vast majority of his guests are all from Baton Rouge. So uh, local business people and local people that you may know giving their story, which is very cool. It kind of uh, brings it closer to you, makes it a little more relatable when you hear from people who live in the same town as you. So that's really cool. Patrick also has a day job uh, and he is an accountant, a staff accountant at a local CPA firm. So me being super unfamiliar with that world, of course, I was very interested to ask him a great deal about that as well. So we talked about uh, some about his day job and things that he handles there. And he even gives a little bit of advice from um, seeing some financial woes of businesses and individuals. So there may be some uh, little nuggets that you can pull from there. But we also talked a good deal about um, his podcast and the people that he's spoken with and some cool stories about he how he's been in the right place at the right time over the past uh, year or two. So I really enjoyed speaking with Patrick. Again, thank you so much, Patty G, for coming by and hanging out with me. We actually did a a double podcast here in one night. We sat and talked on this podcast, and then we went, and for some reason that I don't understand, uh, Patrick wanted to interview me for his podcast. So uh, maybe check that one out once it's released. We talked about marketing for a good bit. Again, thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. I really hope you enjoy my guest, Mr. Patrick Grimion. You don't have LinkedIn live streaming, do you? I have submitted my application. Yeah, me too. I'm waiting. We I don't have we don't have like a hundred thousand followers, so they don't want us to use it, I guess. Well, I, so I was reading through the the terms and conditions that they have and they pretty much they base it off of how active you are not necessarily how many followers you have so if you well we should definitely get it y'all should get it so like that's (laughs) and they say it's taking them longer than normal because of the covid and so y'all should definitely get it because y'all are posting videos they see who posts videos how often you post videos how often are you engaging 
And then also, you know, can you bring in essentially more people? Bring more people to, yeah. To the platform, which y'all are like the perfect shining example. I would hope. Jeez. (laughs) What about the, what about like, have you, so when you just said, LinkedIn said that the COVID has, like, how would COVID slow down a tech company from doing more work? I don't understand. That's a <laughs> I good, don't understand how that works. That's a good question. Side, side, an aside. Yeah, and, and aside, I, my guess is their people aren't working normal hours. But to me, that also doesn't make any sense. Easy yeah. excuse. I think that's probably what it <laughs> that's is. That's what I'm saying. He has a mic, by the way. He's the color. Oh, this is going to get so <laughs> much better. I'm loving this. Um, I'm recording also, by the way. Perfect. I, I was, was, we I was were, hope so. We were acting like we were. <laughs> we yeah. were hoping so. We like that. We like that soft little ease into it, you know, coming hey. out of the intro music that That's I stole it. from Ryan Little. Thank you, you Ryan Little. It. Actually, I didn't steal it. You can download it if you sign up on this website and then link your Facebook or something. And See, then you I, get download it for free. I went the easier way. I went to YouTube Creator and they have thousands oh, of nice. free tunes. Your, your song is cool too. Dude, it took me like an hour. I, to I do go not to, doubt I was it. combing through all this stuff and I was like, I just want something that's catchy, that's vibey. When you listen to it, it gets you in a good mood. Yeah. You know, you listen to it and you're like, all right, yeah. Yep. Like if you, if you wake up in the morning, you listen to it, you're like, all right, I'm awake. Let's go with this. Yeah. And when I found that song, I was like, and I listen to the lyrics. I'm like, simple man, don't want to complicate you. Yeah. yeah. It's legit. I liked it because I listened to a lot of your episodes and they're great, but Thank the you. song is legit. And that is extremely surprising to me that you found it in, uh, the YouTube creator studio. Cause there's a ton of garbage in there, there. <laughs> or the, the stock music, whatever it's called. Their stock music, their music portfolio, whatever the name or technical term is, there's <laughs> so much stuff in there. There's so many sounds. You have to, I had, you had to sort it by the sounds. You had to sort it by the ticks. Then you had to sort it by the music, full songs, partial songs. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was like an hour just combing through YouTube Creator Studio. That's not bad though, an hour. Like, I, you I got easily to the C's. Oh, <laughs> I got, okay. It alf- it's alphabetical order. So wow. I got to the C's and I was like, all right, this works. I'm not going any further because I'm going to second guess myself. See, my personality is kind of, I would get to the C's, find something like that really good and then be like, oh, but there's like so much more. I have to f- make sure there's nothing better than this one. And I would like keep going, but good for you. That's much more efficient. Um, so by the way, for those listening, uh, Patrick has his own podcast that you should definitely should listen to, which is what we're talking about. And what we're going to talk about a good bit, probably. But uh, I think we start. When did you start your podcast? Uh, almost ten months ago. Okay, so, so September of last year was the first episode I recorded on my iPhone in my nice. office. Perfect. So the first episode that I recorded on my iPhone in my office was last January 2019. Oh god! But I didn't post the episode. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Until like August. Okay. Because okay. I. Uh, I don't really know why thinking back, but, oh, actually I recorded a couple pretty quick. Like mm-hmm. the first two episodes of mine were done like last January, February. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to record like a few before I posted, started posting. And then I'd never recorded three and four. And so like it got to August and I was like, I, ha- I just should, I should just put this out. So, and then, so I've been slowly recording you, and posting. Listen to my first episode. It's five minutes. Who was your 30, first episode? Me. It's five oh, minutes and I don't thirty think I seconds. To that Dude, one. The the pilot. Go listen to the pilot. Okay, I'll listen it's to the five one. minutes and thirty seconds of me saying just do it, essentially. Nice. I'm Who just, was the first guest? My first guest was Daniel Ellender of Carpe Momentum. Okay, I don't think I've listened to that. Who was the second guest? My second guest was Matt Beeson of Swamp Dragon Hot. Okay, I listened. I listened to that one. So I've listened. To, I guess I haven't listened to the. I need to listen to the pilot. Sounds amazing. The the, the pilot is five and a half minutes of me rambling about this idea <laughs> for the podcast that I came up with on the way home from work, and I'm like, look, I I want to do this podcast, 
but I, I don't know how to start it. I don't know anything about it. I've been listening for probably two or three months on how to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. The, I forget the guy's name. Daniel Lewis, how to podcast. The podcast about, how, no, the audacity to podcast is the name of the podcast. Okay. And it teaches you how to do it. It walks you through from step one all the way through step Z. And he's got like 200 episodes or something like that. Wow, nice. That's so, pretty legit. Yeah, three months of listening to that. Got home after work, sitting in my truck. I'm like, look, you've got to do this. You can't go inside until you record an episode. Like you have to just record it. And nice. I was like, I was all videoed. I'm like, I'll do a video podcast. I went through like five different takes. I'm like, I don't like the lighting, you know, the <laughs> yeah. lighting's off. The yeah, lighting's yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So then I went into my house and I'm like, I'm like, go lock yourself in your office and do not get out until you finish. And you have to get home before your wife gets home because she's going to be home in 10 minutes. So you got, you got to do <laughs> yeah, it awesome. now. And so I sat there and tried video two or three more times. Like I'm not ready for video. So now I just put my phone down, pressed tap on the record in the voice memos and record a five and a half minute sketch nice. off the cuff of the idea for the podcast. And I'm curious to go listen back to it now and see if I'm even close. Yeah. Maybe we should listen to that. Right after this. Out of curiosity, I haven't listened to your podcast. I'm sorry. Right. But what is that five minutes? What, what are your, what is the idea of this podcast? What are you talking about? So the idea of the podcast in initially, this was even like before I came up with the name of the show, which is the name of the show is the Patty G, the Patty G show. And I'm Patty G. Um, oh, you're Patty. I'm joking. <laughs> it's legit. And I actually, whenever, as you, when you're on your way here today to meet me, I was like, all right, whenever I go let Patrick in, I need to just make sure I say, hey, Patrick, instead of what's up, Patty G. So anyway, super catchy. I'll take the Patty G. I'll <laughs> right. take, I've, I've now got people addressing me, like even outside of my <clears throat> podcast emails at work at the accounting firm, nice. like my bank, like the banker I work with, he emailed me, Hey, Patty G. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. That's branding this. right yes. there. I'll well done. This. So the, the idea behind the Patty G show is the concept of finding businesses in Baton Rouge and business owners and having their inception story told because there's so many people and so many businesses in Baton Rouge that I'm not aware of, that you're not aware of, that everybody's not aware of exists and they hear. And so it's kind of spreading the word about them and telling the story of how they got to where they are. Because a lot of people, and I noticed this when I was at LSU, they wanted to graduate and get out of here because they said, oh, there's an opportunity here. There's opportunity in Houston, Dallas, you know, LA, wherever. And I'm like, no, there's so much opportunity here. Like, no, there's not. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll prove it to you. <laughs> and so this is kind of my my way of proving it that there is so much talent is so much amazing stuff happening in Baton Rouge. And so it's finding the business owners and the entrepreneurs and saying, Hey, what's your story? How did you get started in your business? What are some of the stuff that you went through? That's just super messy that you haven't told anybody about. I want to know that. And I want to know what you're doing now and where you're going in the future. Yeah, that's really cool. I like the idea. It's kind of, it kind of sounds similar in a way to what what this podcast is about, right, Chase? I mean, it's yeah, kind of it's, like I mean, learning it's, something about what you're For sure you're about doing. learning, yeah. It's yeah. Cool. What? Uh, so you went to LSU, and when did you graduate? I graduated, I just figured this out today because I forgot, nice. but I had to do it for work. I graduated <laughs> May of 2018. Okay, so four years ago. Two. Really oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, it's been a long day, guys. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. Come on, man. I'm, I'm just going to blame that 14 one. 14 hours. I'm going to blame that it. one on the shutdown, right? The COVID. The COVID. Yeah, exactly. Um, what'd you graduate in? I graduated as the first paired degree student from LSU with a major in accounting and a major in entrepreneurship. Okay. With a minor in communications. Okay, sweet. And you did that in four years? Yeah. And wow. Two, 150 credit hours for two full degrees. 
Nice. In Congrats. In four years. Did you work while you're doing that? Yes. Dang. Like 24, 30 hours a week. Nice. I did. You had to do 18 hour semesters to make it happen. And you also had to do, I had to do one summer school and one winter session. Wow. But winter session was finance. So, you know, it was a piece of cake. Finance. My, literally my worst class in college. I got, I, I made in, in my finance class. So I had a teacher I couldn't understand, of course. And I get, then, I get that. Okay. It was like pretty rough. And so my first two tests were like, I think I got like a 50 and then like a 40 or something. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well clearly I'm going to fail this class. I need to like drop it. And the girl next to me was like, you should look at the syllabus again. You probably have a better grade than you think. And I looked at it and for whatever reason, the class was set up where you're graded based on everyone else rather than a 100 point scale. This is a so communist class. I don't know, but everybody I had, gets the same. I had a B. After those two test scores. So, Dude. and I ended up getting a B in the class. And I le <laughs> legit, like, I can honestly say I learned absolutely nothing. Except, I guess, of that existence of that grading structure. It's I learned about that. A, a Besides that, I learned nothing in that, in that class. It was bad. Well, and see, for me, I was coming into finance as a, a third-year accounting major. Okay. So, I, like, put off and put off finance for whatever reason. It just didn't fit my schedule. And the joke goes that anybody who's in finance was an accounting major who failed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I'm sure a lot of people are, that who are in finance are going to get offended by that. But <laughs> That's all right. They can't talk back to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. With a podcast, it's a one-way communication. That's right. And if you want to talk, make your own podcast. That's it. Make your own or, or email you or reach out to me, Patty G Show. There you go. At the Patty G Show on whatever social platform you can find me on. Love it. Um, I was going to ask, Was the how old are you? I am 23, almost 24. Oh, okay. I thought you were like my age, so you're much younger. That's What's your age? I'm 31. Okay. No, not yet. Okay, yeah. Doesn't that seem super old to you? 30 does, yes. Okay. But it still seems old to me, but let me just tell you, it's not. And 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 that's what <laughs> and that's what I get. So like I was having we were having the conversation my wife and I the other day about hey, you know, we're like looking at our budget and going over projections for the next five years and like looking and like strategically. Like doing an accountant would. Right. You know, strategically <laughs> making some decisions and all this type of stuff. And we're like, okay, in five years we're not even gonna be 30. So the the roadmap we have for five years is like crazy where we're gonna go and where we wanna go. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, we're fine. Nice. <laughs> we had that little bit of that little bit of take a step back. We're good. Yeah. But at the same time, like, all right, we're good. Oh, we can do better. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, like I mentioned to you before we started, while I'm listening, I have like a million questions go through my mind. And so like, there's a few different directions I want to go, but I want to stay on where we're at, which is education slash into okay. your job slash into the podcast. So my question is you finished May, 2018. Yes. And then you got your current job right after graduating. So I was an intern for two years at LSU with the current employer I am with now. Okay. I got offered a full-time job probably before heading into my final semester. So they okay. said, once you graduate, um, we want to take, we want to hire you on. And for those that are an intern or working somewhere, it's kind of beneficial to look at other jobs while you're interning mm -hmm. and kind of, I hate for yeah, lack of a better the term, play the field. Of course. And so it got to the point where I had three different people offering full-time full jobs. And that's not to say that I was going to leave my current employer because I love them. It was to say, how can he I best- He loves you. How can I, that's right. Listening. I love you. Y'all are amazing, <laughs> like a family unit. Um, but that goes to show that it then provides you a sense of leverage. 
because if you're at a current employer, they know how valuable you are. You know how valuable you are. But at the same time, some people may feel like they're not getting compensated as such. Mm. And so with having multiple offers on the table, you then have the ability to leverage and say, look, these other people think I'm this valuable. So whenever you make that full-time offer to me, if you choose to do so, keep these in mind. Cool. Love it. Um, And so you went straight into it Mm full-time after graduating. I took a week off to go to Seattle with the LSU Entrepreneurship Program. college okay i'm familiar yeah it was it was a lot of fun they uh, they flew all of us out to seattle we got we got to go to microsoft amazon we got to use the amazon go store which is that's the one you like human listener action you walk in you grab your stuff you leave that's awesome the only person that was working there was one employee to check ids at the alcohol wow and that was it it was amazing oh dude it was phenomenal you walk in there and you grab like i could get a 48 ounce bottle of water for like 65 cents Dang. I get like a bag of chips for like 80 cents. It was ridiculous. They don't, so it was they don't have to pay wages. They don't have to pay wages. Right. Okay. You're not paying employees. I'm not paying your benefits. I'm not paying his benefits. I'm not paying a manager. I, you right. know, I'm not paying for all this other stuff. I'm paying for one, maybe two employees. That's cool. So did y'all, y'all, did they give you like a tour of it and tell you how it works yeah. and all that stuff? We, we got to go through the tour of the Amazon Go store. And then we also got to go tour the Amazon Home Lab. Okay. Which is where they test new products. Sweet. So they've got some sick stuff coming down the line. Like anything we don't, I don't like I don't know about, like top secret or <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know and I don't want to say. <laughs> Why not? They told us we couldn't tell anybody anything we saw inside. Okay. The room. No one from Amazon is listening to this podcast right now. That one person. And you don't work <laughs> for Am- you don't work for Amazon, so I don't work for Amazon. <laughs> I'm not tied to this to the university anymore. That's right. So technically they couldn't get me. Um they have some pretty cool stuff with Alexa. Like you can ask Alexa to fill a cup of water for a precise measurement. You Dang. can ask Alexa to set your. Where oven. does the water come from out of Alexa? I know it comes out of. It's hooked up to your faucet. Okay, yeah. So I can I put my kidding, I can put my cup in there and you yeah, know, yeah. It comes out of the Alexa actually. Like wow. the Alexa, the Alexa home. She's hooked up to a water tap behind her. Uh, <laughs> it's like a fountain. Carl <laughs> is shaking his head because <laughs> we're being ridiculous. They have a fridge that will add an item to your Amazon. Okay, cart. I've heard of that one. That's crazy. And automatically, like it detects what you're low it, on. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. Can't wait. Yeah. Because we drink like me and my wife, I think drink over a gallon of milk a week, maybe more. And so like, it'd be great to just have the, the milk show up and the Oreos too. Right. We eat Oreos. A lot. I've been asking my 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 wife and I are building a house right now and I've been asking her like, Hey, can we get this smart fridge? And she's like, no, we do not need a fridge that knows when to order us new, more yes, food. You do. Yes, you do. They're so expensive though. They are, but they're it's, ridiculous. It's, you an also, investment. it's an investment. You take that fridge with right, you. If you move, you, that fridge comes with you, dude. And imagine all the time it's saving you from having to think about your groceries. See, my wife, the mental capacity. The what is the value of your mental capacity? <laughs> eh, probably not that. That's a pretty, that's a pretty rough question. <laughs> uh, In relation to a fridge. I mean, come on. Right. He also wants to get a pool. So yeah, you got to pick your battles, dude. Actually, no, your wife wants to get the pool. We both want the pool. Okay, let's be honest. We both want the pool. <laughs> um, so, all right. So your job currently, who do you work for right now? I work for Dagger Pont and Brian. Dag, dag, gr- Dagger Pont. Dagger Pont. And Brian. Okay. Uh, local CPA firm here in Baton Rouge, right next to Catholic High. Okay. So on like Garment Street right in there? No, we're on the corner of Acadian and Claycut. So like okay, yeah. literally no, it's Catholic High. Got it. Uh, and what is your, I know you're an accountant. Right. What's like your title? My official, my official title. Yeah. Yes, I'm the peasant staff accountant. 
Okay. I don't I mean, this is the, all... I haven't passed a CPA exam yet, so I'm still the peasantry okay. title of staff accountant. So that's, that's one of my questions is, you know, it seems like for people outside of the industry, accountant and CPA are interchangeable quite often. Right. So explain the difference. Every CPA is an accountant. Every accountant is not a CPA. So like the CPAs are like gods, like they just know everything about accounting? Basically. Well, every client thinks they do. Got it. Perfect. So okay. a CPA technically is a certified public, public accountant. accountant. Right. So you have to have a 150 credit hours to sit for the CPA. You don't have to, they've changed the rules for as far as sitting. You have to have 150 hours. You have to have like from, from a university. Credits. You have to have 150 credits, minimum of, I think 30 or 32 out, 32 hours worth of accounting hours accounting specific hours. Okay. So I can't go and get a, a mass comm degree with three minors that are whatever and have 150 hours and sit for the exam. You have to have so many accounting credits okay. to sit for the exam. And so from there you have to have work experience as well. I believe it's two years, but don't quote me on that. Um, and then you have to pass all four parts of the exam. Four parts of the exam. There's four parts. Okay. There, there's, there's reg, there is, there's regulations, which is basically your business law and your tax, tax law. Business law also like the second worst class of my college career. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> bad. Then you have, um, regulation, um, which is just all types of accounting, like accounting. This is where your math heavy comes in, like accounting equations. You really have to get into how to calculate and how to present financial statements and all that. Okay. Then you have audit, which is audit, um, Basically, you look at financials and say, yeah, that's right. No, that's not mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And then you have business environmental, business environment concepts, which is essentially your CFO. Okay. That level of type of thinking and that level. Like analysis of, in business context or? Right. Okay. Like analysis of the business, analysis of the, of the projections of markets. And is it wise to move into a different market or not? So, you know, the questions are going to be. As a CFO, you're looking at this potential to go to a different country. Here's what you know about it. Is it the right call? Okay, cool. So that type of stuff. So, and you're going to take the CPA exam when? So I'm a I'm a let people know on how not smart I am. <laughs> I've already taken all four parts of the exam. Okay. I've oh only, well, I mean, I've only passed you one. It's, it's, we're, yeah, we're, you don't have to preface this. I know it's ridiculously hard. I've heard quite a few people talking about it. I just don't know anything about it. So, so I've only passed one part, okay. which was the BEC part, the business environmental con environment okay. concepts part. So that seems CFO, like the smartest the part, part of it. So. Well, I, I like to think yeah, so. Yeah, but sure. unfortunately you need to pass all four. Yeah, um, so, and then the other three I did not. And my time, because you only have, you have to pass all four parts in 18 months. Uh, or it expires. Or expires. So got I it. just lost my passing score, which oh, is whatever. It. Okay. I passed it the first time. You can do it again. Right. I can it's do fine. it. Exactly. You can do it in your sleep. Exactly. So you sit down and take all four. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to get out of these weeds here, people. Because I, 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 And another little note to people listening, he's an accountant, and I'm like really wanting to get super down in the weeds of like, <laughs> quote unquote, boring accounting stuff. Right. Because Let's I'm, walk through your, your tax return. Yeah. I want to do all that stuff. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you're going to like, you have to listen. You're going to learn a ton, hopefully. And then we'll come back to the podcast and like, you know, yeah. more fun stuff or whatever. But right. Right. Talking about um, Rally Cat. Yes. Coca-Cola Classic company. actually on the podcast. Yeah. We're drinking Coca-Cola, not beer. Oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. Coke. I'm, jo I'm joking. Pop. We're drinking a pop. We don't, <laughs> want to, we don't want to throw name brands in there, right? So we're drinking oh, a pop. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Right, we definitely don't want to promote a corporate brand. Right, because they're not paying for this. That's right. So we're drinking a pop. Okay. Drinking a pop. Man, you're smart. Love that. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't even know. Where was I at? Passing the, oh, the exam. Yeah. So, all right. So you have to sit down and take all four parts in one sitting, or is it? No. It's one part. 
um, scheduled across the matter of 18 months. Okay. So you, but you can't do all, like, it's impossible to sit down and do all four. It's unless you're like, I, I don't honestly know the answer to that question okay. because I haven't, I, I haven't wanted to right. back in the olden days when my mom passed the CPA exam, cause she is a CPA. Uh, she's a, a retired CPA an inactive CPA. There's okay. a technical term. Yep. Still holds a license, but can't practice in public. Okay. Um, so when she was doing it, she had to do all four parts at the same time. Wow. She had to sit down. I think it was like two days or something like that. You had to take all four parts over the course of two days. It, as the, the younger generation, it was a lot easier then, you know, course, right yeah. now they broke it to four different parts. We yeah. go into, they go into way more stuff nowadays, which we really do. We go into a lot of, uh, information technology, okay. you know, we have to know a lot about your privacy settings. Mm. We have to know a lot about privacy control, data control, data privacy settings. You know, how can we transmit documents between clients? Are we allowed to transmit documents between clients and also how to set up an information system to be secure? Okay, cool. So cybersecurity, and now we're getting into a lot of digital currencies. Oh, nice. So it's you want to talk about that for a good while? Digital currencies. Well, we could we'll do it in a second because I still want to hold on to the to the the education side, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so you all right? So describe um, which one's harder, the CPA exam or the bar exam? In your unbiased opinion. <laughs> well, see, I have a biased opinion because my brother just passed the bar exam. Oh well, it's definitely easier, but. But it took him, I think, two or three times. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that too. So I'm on the same route. Maybe my family's just not that smart. Because passed <laughs> the first time around. Your mom's a CPA, so somebody's smart. She passed it the first time around. My dad's a, a, a civil engineer, so there's oh, yeah. brains there. There's brains somewhere in there. Somewhere. I just, I probably, my sister's a dentist, so I think it just skipped me. <laughs> I don't believe it. Um, how much more are they going to pay you when you get your CPA? What's your raise going to look like? I don't know. I've this heard, is a good question. It, it's a good. I've heard the the rumors that float around in the industry are it's like a five digit raise. Dang. Okay. Love it. So somewhere in that in that range, anywhere from, I've heard it's it's not lower than five. Okay. So I mean, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. That's For fun. sure. Yeah. You know, sure. There's some incentive there to do. Right. There's there's incentive, and then then you go into the whole compensation route of what a CPA gets each year and. It's like, okay, a CPA, they can have their, you know, performance bonus, which comes out to them be 10% of their salary. So then we start getting into the pay structure of everything. Then it gets really interesting in how all that's set up. Nice. And then depending on what firm you're at, some of them can give you a profit sharing bonus for all the clients you you bring in. That's what you want, man. That's what you want. And then with all this Corona stuff happening, all the PPP and EIDL loan applications that we're submitting, we get a 1% commission off of every loan that we are an agent uh, for those that who? aren't who watching, the- quote, I'm using air quotes, right? Um, an agent from the bank. From the bank, okay. So if we right. help the client fill out the application, whenever they go to close, it says who was, did you have an agent right. help you complete these forms? And they will list us, and so we'll sign on the application. Okay. Um, and the bank gets 5%, and we get 1% of that. Oh, the bank gets 5% from? The SBA. Which is a government organization. Small Business Association. So the government makes laws that... People can't do kickbacks, but the government does kickbacks. It's an incentive to actually get these <laughs> loans going through because when a, the way a bank makes money for the most part is they lend out the cash right. and then they collect interest. Right. Well, these loans, they're not going to be collecting no interest. interest. Right. They're going to be collecting 1% interest, but the rules are still fuzzy. So these loans that. are structured where the bank is lending out their cash? The bank is lending out the SBA cash. 
Okay. But it takes a lot of time. I mean, it takes like per clients, like eight to 10 hours worth of work. Got it. So the banks need an incentive because why am I going to spend eight hours working on a loan application for you if I'm not going to get anything? For sure. So they're really getting paid to do it. They're getting it. paid to do it. Yeah. It's not a kickback. They're okay. getting paid to do it. I just like to throw that in there because I like complaining about the government. <sighs> I know. That's, okay. that's a whole Which we're going to get to. That's a whole different podcast episode, man. No, we're going to try to squeeze it in. Oh, we're I, squ- I need to keep my eye on the clock. Oh, no, you're good. We, do we have, we have like we have an 50 hour. minutes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We're, we're good. So, because I want to get to Texas for sure. But. To what? Taxes. Tax. Okay. You do a lot of tax returns and stuff, right? Yeah. And the government just messed us over and had extended it for three more months. It's terrible. Right. So you're it's like. Terrible. Your 12 hour days, 14 hour days, whatever. No, no. Are we have three months. Extended we, have three, we have three extra oh, months so to, to do what we did in four months. Okay, so now you're just relaxing and having a drink and doing a podcast. Right, but have you ever... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, I'm drinking and doing a podcast. But it's like as if I was to give you a 100-pound backpack and yeah. had you carried around for four months. Okay. And now I said, all right, I'm going to take 20 pounds off and still carry that backpack around for another three months. Got it. It's so just, it's terrible. Because yeah. you can you can see those four months like, all right, I see the end. I, I'm, I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. I'm going to work 14, 16-hour days, six days, seven days a week. But then it's going to be done. It's going to be over. Yeah. And it's gone. <laughs> That's not the case not the this case. year. <laughs> um, okay, so tell me about like what you do, or maybe the it's a CPA firm that you work for. Yes. So uh, give me like the ten second of what a CPA firm does exactly for their clients, so we can. So I'm on the same page with you. What a CPA firm? I guess does my question or what is, I do the, like the firm. Like if I, it, it is, I'm assuming that a business owner would hire the firm to basically do all of the financial books and all the taxes and all the. Is that kind of basically the gist of? It, it, that that yes and no. So you have different firms are set up differently. So some firms will only do taxes. They'll only okay. do taxes all year long. That's all they'll do. Some okay. firms will only do audit. That's all they'll do. Or you'll have the bigger firms will have different sections in their firm that are dedicated to just that. Okay. So you could have accountants that are, we, they call themselves auditors. And the joke in the accounting world is if somebody says, oh, hey, can you work on my tax return? And then the accountant goes, no, I'm an auditor. And they go, well, isn't the same thing? Mm. And then, then they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's two entirely different things because some of the larger firms, like your big four, your big five, I think it is, whatever they are, they has different divisions. So if I was to go work at a big four company, you know, Postal, um, Deloitte, the big, the big guys, yeah. I would be sitting there working on that one division for my entire career wow. there. Okay. Eventually, I mean, in the startup days, you know, when you first get to the company and everybody's like, oh, it's so exciting to work at the big four. And, mm. and then really you talk to them and they're like, yeah, no, it's death and people <laughs> hate it. <laughs> but we love accounting. Um, so yours, you're doing, so we're everything. doing everything. Okay. So I do, we do everything from helping startups pl- budget and forecast to your most biggest fortune 500 companies running their books. You know, we have, we outsource CFO, we do consulting with businesses as well. They come to us with a problem with their money or their financial situation and we help them solve it. Cool. Okay. You know, it's, we do anything and everything you need money wise we do. Now, I'm not going to sit here and set you up an investment portfolio and start selling you stocks and bonds and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you what I think you can afford with your money to invest. Okay. And y'all, all of y'all's clients are uh, businesses or do you have, do you do personal? We do personals. Okay. So we have like, for example, for tax, for tax season, we do, you know, 
some odd thousand of individual tax returns. Some odd thousand. Right. You know, how many people work at the firm that you're at? I think we're 24. Okay. And how many clients? Well, I guess I shouldn't ask these questions. These are like, yeah. these are probably private answers. Who is your biggest client? Yeah. You know, that's what's his phone number? <laughs> what's their annual income? What's your, uh, I'm trying to get a sense of scale, I guess, is what, multiple thousand, e- like, each person, that's a lot. Each person probably works on close to 100 individual tax returns a year. So your, so your day to day is like, you're dealing with, uh, like what's your day to day look like? Not the normal day to day that the firm does. Um, okay. cause I do some stuff that's kind of interesting and unique. Uh, not a lot can get indulged to whatever you can tell me I'll take and whatever, basically what I stop me if I'm going too far. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. So, so what I do every day is I have clients that I do their monthly bookkeeping services. Okay. So they'll give me their check register. They'll give me their checks. And then what I'll do is I'll go and create a set of books with all that information. And then I'll, you know, do a compilation, which means I'll produce financial statements. And so I'll say, this is your monthly financial statements. Excuse me. And I'll do that probably for the bulk of the bulk of the week. I'll work on that stuff. And so that's kind of where our bread and butter is, is helping these clients who are, you know, not necessarily huge, but also don't want to hire an in-house accountant or they want to hire somebody. If they have an in-house, in-house accountant, they want somebody to check their work. Yeah. You know, so they'll engage us to come into their company, look at their books and say, yeah, you're doing it right. Or no, you're not doing it right. And here's how you need to change it. Okay. What's, uh, what's some of the more common problems that you're helping people with that, that I guess that small businesses overlook their cash flow, like keeping, like, inter- like no, keeping up with it, or? keep having internal controls. Okay. So for example, if <clears throat> let's say you and I run a business mm-hmm. together and it's a podcasting business. Right, right. It's a podcasting business. See, we have just cash just thrown at us yes. all the time. All you know, the time. so we have so we, many sponsors. Right. All the sponsors everywhere. So <laughs> we deal with heavy in cash, you know, and we hire a secretary, you know, because we're just so busy podcasting. Yeah. Um, to take the cash and bring it to the bank. Okay. And so what happens with some of these smaller businesses is the owners will do that and they'll hire somebody else because the business is growing, they need more people, they can't do everything. So then they'll hire somebody to go take the cash, bring it to the bank and make the deposit. Well, if I give, you know, Shirley Temple this $1,000 deposit worth of cash and she goes and makes a deposit, but she tells the banker she forgot a deposit slip, can she get a new one? What's to stop her from sliding a hundo in her pocket? Okay. If I don't go on the People backside, if that's I crazy. don't go on the backside and check. Okay. Right. Right. So right. that's where the the owners get too busy to go and check. Got it. And to do you know cash flow, what we call bank reconciliations. Mm-hmm. You're reconciling what you're saying should have hit the bank to what actually hit the bank. If there's a discrepancy there, there's an issue. And so we go through each month and ensure there's no discrepancies. Or if there are, we point them out and say, hey, you need to check this out. And then we start asking, hey, what, what's your internal controls look like? How, how is the money going through hands? Who's accounting for it? Who's taking that customer that bought on credit and is not coming to pay on their account? Who's taking that cash, recording in the system, and then bringing it to the bank? You know, because maybe there's a loose end we need to tie up there where the cash is being misappropriated. Got it. Um, so how much do you do in like, cause you mentioned that they are might be like consulting and stuff on numbers and things like that. How much of that do you do? And, uh, is there anything interesting in there to, that you've noticed talking with clients? So when we consult with people, sometimes we'll, we'll be consulting with people that have been in business for years. So they know their craft, they know the structure of everything. They just want to know how they can take it to the next level. 
you know, so we'll have like a retail shop come in and say, Hey, you know, I just feel like I'm buying nothing but inventory and I'm, my numbers just, they don't come out at the end of the month. I'm mm-hmm. always doing this or I'm always doing that. So they're like, what can I do to help? You know, what can I do to make my bottom line go up? So then we kind of started looking at their numbers and like, all right, well, you are buying a lot of inventory, but it looks like you've also have a lot of stale inventory. So maybe we really need to dial in on what's really selling. So maybe we need to, you know, better advance your inventory system to really hone in on your better selling products. And let's only buy that. You know, let's only buy these certain products that are selling better and maybe get out of some of this other stuff that's not really selling that we're having a write off at the end of the year anyways. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, on the flip side of that, we'll have somebody come in with straight up a business plan and they'll be like, I want to do this business because I love it. And I really enjoy helping these people out. But you know what? I don't know a single thing about money. <laughs> I don't. And that, and they don't. And that's perfectly fine because not everybody is supposed to. Yeah. I think everybody's supposed to. But in reality, no, not everybody is. Mm. And so it's we're sitting down with these clients and we're saying, OK, let's look at your plan. Let's look at your projections. Some of the stuff really isn't realistic, dude. You know, like, hey you're not going to make a meal in your first two months. That's yeah. what are you selling? You know, your drug dealer, like yeah. what's happening here? <laughs> like, Oh no, I'm, I'm cleaning, hey, I'm cleaning windows. Maybe he's a pod- like, all right, you're cleaning windows and you're making a meal in the first month. <laughs> I was gonna say, maybe he's a podcaster. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe he's a podcaster. You know, he gets like a super, super great <laughs> guest on and the guest is like, look, I love what you're doing. I want to just fund your whole budget. Here's a million bucks. Yeah. Here's That's what I'm holding out for. Right. I'm not that guest. I'm sorry. Okay. Darn. <laughs> that was my last question to close out. Do you have a million dollars I could have? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so what's, uh, can you give me any like of your thoughts on, I mean, you're a numbers person. You like, I've heard you, I don't know if it's, it may have been in another podcast that you've done that I've just heard you and you did it already in our pod, in this podcast, just made a passing comment about we were reviewing our financials, like you and your wife and stuff like that. So right. like, I just imagine you, like if I walked into your office at home, you have like three filing cabinets and everything is like organized. And then if I open up your like computer, you have just QuickBooks is like perfectly set up with budgets. All right. So all of that I'm assuming is correct with you. Is that, am I close? Yeah, you're, you're, you're very close. Okay. I don't, I don't do paper, man. So I it's love all it. Digital. It's all digital. Hand I, clap. I don't. I don't, Please, I don't yes. even have a single filing cabinet in my house. Amazing. I it's love all it. digital, man. I have two actually. Why? Well, just stuff. You know. Scan you're it. To, you're Scan right. It. I should do that. It's a good. Get idea. an external hard drive. Load the data on the external hard okay. drive. Upload it to the cloud. You have dual storage. And if one of them fails, the other one's going to happen. Perfect. There we go. That's my to do after this is, is to scan. Okay. Love it. Um, so do you have any, uh, thoughts after your, uh, not only education, but also experience in dealing with people of all sorts and seeing all of their financials and like all this stuff, what's some advice you would give to someone? Let's just take that guy, for example, that's starting a business. Mm-hmm. What are like, what does he need to focus on? His cash flow. But like, is there any like tangible tips of like, uh, or maybe there's an example you could give me of where you seen people waste money or, uh, anything along those lines. This is probably not a great question for you, so no, for, forgive me no, if not. No, but. you're you're good. So, as far as the, the startups go, I think they they anticipate on being able to do on skipping out on certain steps. So they may say, "Oh, I don't need to pay somebody for that. I'll just go ahead and do it." Hmm. And while that may be, you know, while that may be saving you a dollar in the long run you're not going to be able to spend as enough time working on your business and growing the business and doing the business development because you focused on doing, you know, like 
your your accounting, for example. Mm-hmm. If you are out there and your your business requires you to be face to face making sales calls, you know, like imagine if Matthew was not making, you know, prospect calls or talking with clients, talking yeah. with investors, and he was working on your QuickBooks. Yeah. You know, what, if, if Matthew wasn't, you know, reconciling your bank statement. Yeah. You know, like, would that really be an efficient use of his time right. where he could be out there in the world, you know, making better connections, making sales, closing deals? You know, if all of your real estate agents spent time doing books mm-hmm. instead of out there making deals and making connections, your real estate company would not grow. Because right. everybody is too focused on the admin work that they're not focused on actually growing the business. Got it. And so for some startups, they may see that as, oh, that's a way to save a buck. But in reality, if you're saving a buck and you're not earning a buck, what are you doing? Yeah, cool. You don't okay. have cash coming in. Right. Um, okay, shifting gears. Okay. Um, I want to board everybody. <laughs> no, we're going to come back to that because we still got to talk about taxes and, okay, and like okay. things like that for sure. Definitely want to get some. Uh, I was actually telling my wife uh, last night or night before. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have like a good amount of stuff, I think, to talk with Patrick about because and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, I definitely want to talk to him about taxes, you know, how I can get around them, how I can avoid <laughs> paying them, like things like that. So we're going to get there on that. <laughs> OK. Um, all right. I had a question, actually, and Carl kind of dipped into it a little bit earlier with the podcast. Yes. But like what was actually like what was your first thought? Like, oh, I'm going to make a podcast. Like what was the thing? My, my very first that, thought. Like, yeah. That like kind of gave you that motivation to create your own podcast. So to understand the first thought going into the podcast, we have to take a couple steps back for about a year and a half, two years. So before I got married, um, I was working with my family business in my, in my parents' family business and I was helping them, you know, do work before I got my, my, uh, my internship with the accounting firm. And I was seeing this trend, you know, kind of like Gary V says towards the digital age, towards the, you know, audio age where a lot of people are listening to more yeah, long like form passive, content. Yeah, passive, passive consumption. Stuff. Right, passive consumption. Yep. <clears throat> and so I'm like, you know, whenever he said podcasts are great marketing tool for businesses, a couple of years ago we started talking about this stuff. I'm like, that would be great for my parents' business. Okay. So I pitched it to them. And they're like, no, we just, we don't have the time. It goes back to that admin stuff that mm-hmm. they are so focused on doing the craft and getting the work out there. They don't take some time to look at the marketing, look at the admin stuff. And so I was like, well, this would be a great thing to do. Like my, so it's a, it's a plumbing and engineering business and they do a lot of, uh, industrial plumbing contracts and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, look, we just have you on, bring my dad on and we'll talk about everything from how to unclog a toilet to how to rough in, you know, an industrial job site. My, I think it'd be super fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you'd also have your potential clients that would listen to the podcast say, oh, this guy knows his stuff. And I'm like, that would build you credibility in the industry. And it would be a great marketing tool that's next to nothing for dollars. You know, I'm not trying to get this and you pay me to do all this stuff. I'm like, this would be a great market. That'd be your marketing. Yeah. You know, have a plumbing podcast or whatnot on your website and everything. And they said no. So then fast forward, going to the firm, I pitched them the same idea with the accounting firm. Let's get the partners on. Let's get some people on. Let's talk accounting. You know, let's cover a different topic every week. Let's cover the new topic. Let's cover the new releases that are coming out in tax laws and accounting laws, you know, and generally accepted accounting principles. Let's talk about all this types of stuff, go real heavy in depth. And accounting firms tend to move slow in regards to change. Okay. We, I would have never guessed that. We, we, we don't, we're not, we're not some startup out in Silicon Valley. Yeah. We don't pivot 
yeah. and make changes. We take <clears throat> calculated adjustments. Okay. <laughs> As you should. No one wants a CPA firm that's just doing different stuff every day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we, we are calculated adjustments if necessary. Got it. And so they were like, no, we're not going to do it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So then it was me just thinking, all right, I still think this podcast idea is a great idea. And at the time, I had been meeting with some friends of mine from LSU and outside of the university, just basically chatting with them about their business, chatting with them about what they do, chatting with them about how they can grow, how I can help and just get more involved. And next thing I know, I'm like, why don't I just start recording this? Nice. Like, yeah. Not a, not a, I'd listen to it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and if I would listen to it, then that's all, that's, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I, which I do, I actually, once I record my episodes after I do all the post edit, which now y'all know is how little post edit there is done. <laughs> yeah. Not really much. <laughs> not really much. Hey, we don't have time for admin stuff. I don't have time. We got things to do, that's man. That's it, man. That's it. I don't have time for admin stuff. And the idea <clears throat> of the podcast is to be so, conversational and comfortable right. yeah, yeah. that when somebody listens to it, it's like he's sitting here in the room, Yeah, you know, she's sitting there sitting right here on the couch listening to us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to start talking with people about their businesses. And so then one thing led to another and we're like 36, 37 episodes in. Sweet. Nice. So, yeah. Love it. Um, okay. And you, t- uh, two questions about, cause we mentioned sponsorships, right? You have a sponsor. Actually you have two sponsors. F2? Well, you have a sponsorship and a partnership. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so how did you get sponsored by, wait for this, Carl, Michelob Ultra? <clears throat> did yes. you, like, scam them or something? Like, no. no. <laughs> I'm joking, right. I'm joking. All right, so, tell me. I saw this pop up, and I was like, yo, what? <laughs> all right, so they're, they're throwing the air quotes here for the visually impaired with a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Quote. Their air quotes sponsorship deal <clears throat> is more like a team group type setting. Okay. So it's not a sponsorship in the sense of they pay me money per month or something. Only a million dollars. Right. Like, as right, we've right. established. Right. <clears throat> I've already spent it, so I can't give it to you. Sorry. Dang. Um, they pay me in beer <laughs> and they pay me in merch. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> okay. So they, it's a six month contract between now through the end of the year. Or I'm sorry, that's my math is I took your math yeah. in the early podcast. Uh, math eight, is hard. Yeah, right? it's like, but at the time it was April, so eight months. Okay. So from April through the end of the year is the contract, and they give <clears> me <throat> a beer voucher, and so nice. I can go and get beer, Michelob Ultra, um, or I don't know if it's limited to any Anheuser Busch product or just Michelob Ultra. Okay. I'm not sure. And you you like mention them or yeah, and so you have to once a month you have to post. Okay. They post with them and tag them and use certain hashtags. You have to, for legal reasons, we have to say it's a sponsorship. Okay. Yeah. And for legal reasons, we have to say it's a uh, it's a sponsorship. We're sponsored by them. Yeah. And so, yeah, I they had a contest on Twitter. Oh, right. And they okay. said submit a picture of you doing what you love, and we'll see who gets through the final round. Dang. And so I sent a picture of me drinking some ultra while uh, eating some crawfish. Nice. as Cajun as you can get. That's awesome. <laughs> and sure enough, I get an email and I'm it's like from uh, Team Ultra. I'm like, whatever, spam. Yeah. You know, I open the email, I'm reading through it and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, scroll down, keep reading. I'm going through, I'm like, snap. And it's like, please see your official Ultra contract attached to this email. Open Dang. it up and it's like, and it's like straight up a legal contract, you know, Michelob Ultra, um, is a subsidiary of Anheuser-Busch, the company, 
is offering. I'm like, oh snap. I'm like, all right, this has got real. <laughs> this <is> real. <laughs> it said Anheuser-Busch. This is real. Nice. And so, yeah, sure enough, I'd signed the contract and I sent it <clears> off <throat> and then they started sending me stuff. Sweet. So I've only got like a shirt and a beanie and a beer voucher of like a full, a case, I think is what I can get with it. I can nice. get a whole case of beer. A case a month. No, is unfortunately, that not a case. Oh, okay. okay, a single, okay. So it's not, as, it's not as glamorous. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was a month, but you have to post monthly. I have to post one picture a month. Got it. Okay. But the glamour comes in What's the, it, I mean, the yeah. leverage. Right. It's Michelob Ultra. It's Michelob Ultra. You also basically sign away your life. Um, wow. Not really. Not really. Okay. <laughs> you, you sign away your rights of them asking you to use your content in their okay. content platforms. Forever or just through the end of the year? Just through the term, the life of the contract. Okay. So if they wanted to take a picture of mine and throw it up on a billboard, or they want to take a picture of mine and throw up on a <clears throat> commercial, or use a video I did where I mentioned them, mm -hmm. they have every right to do so. And as somebody who's starting out, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. As long like, as it has the end date on there. That, that's it. I'm like, every, I'm like, got it. Every picture, I need to make sure my brand is in the picture yeah. or I watermark it and put my tag in the picture. So if they do pull that piece of content, at least my brand's out there. You know, like for example, do you familiar with some good news? Yeah, of course. So have you seen the I picture? I need to catch up on the last The two, picture but. he posted today that the guy drew the no. cartoon. Mm -hmm. So some guy drew a cartoon of him holding the globe, right? Well, if you look in the lower left-hand corner, that you have the at of the artist. Okay. You have his Instagram handle. Yep. You also have his Instagram handle in case he decided to cr to crop that out. It follows his arm. Nice. So you can't crop out his Instagram yeah. handle. So doing little stuff like that is something I'm going to do when I post like for May. I have to post something in May. And so I'm going to do a Patty G show watermark or a tag or something in there. So if they decide to use it in whatever way, my brand is still getting out there. I saw, jump in, I saw... Uh, Elon Musk post a picture of a uh, chocolate ice cream sundae, mm -hmm. like just on a table. And right. I think it was like yesterday, the day before. And I think he just said, like, he just described the picture, chocolate ice mm -hmm. cream sundae or something. I don't know. Right. And that was it. Uh, and then I, I don't even know how I came across it. Some, I guess he, he's always in the news. So I guess I was looking at it, but so he posted the picture and then like the next reply down, I saw someone posted the same picture, but from another account, like a few years ago and was like, Elon Musk steals all of his whatever. So they're like trying to out him for stealing pictures. Right. But in the picture that Elon Musk posted, <laughs> mm -hmm. if you look down under on the table, like it's like one of those red and white patterned tablecloths. Right. And one of the little lines, there's someone's Instagram handle or Twitter handle like yeah, it, that they he, watermark. He gives credit. So and he got legally, but they got uh, reposted by Elon Musk, which was a uh, pretty interesting. So, Hey, anyways, pretty cool. Um, and the other thing is a partnership with yes. startup, Grind. Is it Startup Grind or Startup Grind BR? Startup Grind Baton Rouge. Okay, Startup Grind Baton Rouge. So Startup Grind, that one's that one's actually pretty cool. I'm kind of liking that. Um, I mean, yeah, I like the Michael Bolfer one as well. Right, of course. Go Team Ultra. Yeah. You know, but Startup Grind is really cool because it's local. Of course. And Castro is doing a really phenomenal job with that. So Yeah, so tell us about that, what they're doing. Like, familiarize with me what all is happening over there. So Startup Grind is is a give first, ask later community. <clears throat> they have the members come in to every show and it's basically a networking platform in the Baton Rouge area. Okay. So they're like, okay, you know, you were to come in, Hey, I'm Chase, you know, and I do social media marketing for elephant realty. And so everybody's, if you're like, I have skills in marketing, however, I need somebody in accounting. Mm. And I come in, I'm saying, Hey, I'm Patrick Gramion. I have the Patty G show and I work on an accounting firm. I'm really great with numbers. 
And so I can offer numbers experience. And I'm also looking for somebody to help me with accounting. Got it. I mean, with marketing. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, okay, Chase and Patrick, y'all need to link up, exchange business cards. Then they have a fireside chat at their monthly events where they okay. bring in guest speakers. Yeah, I've seen these. And they have some fireside chats. And Casper does a really good job of handling the chat. And kind of he's got a, a set list of questions that he's going to ask them and they're going to talk about. You know, and they really they really focus on the startup mentality and how they overcame any obstacles in startup in Baton Rouge and the sur- local surrounding areas. So they really focus on startups and getting stuff going from bootstrapping to crowd uh, crowdfunding to even investor raising capital. And they cover all the different bases. Okay. That fits perfectly with what your show is all about. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> my point, my man. Man, that's like tailor-made. Yeah. So now they do pitch competitions each month because he had about 15 to 30 before all the COVID stuff. We would meet in person at, um, I'm blanking right now. The brewery, Tin Roof. We would meet at Tin Roof Brewery for our events every month. And he had about 15, 20 minutes worth of time to kill that he would just basically chat around. He just felt like he he could better utilize those 20 minutes. So we have thrown a pitch competition into a 20-minute segment. Cool. Five minutes, two-minute Q&A. And it's it's in and out, and you have to you you cannot sit there and be going um uh uh uh, uh. <laughs> you have to be sitting there going my company does this we solve this this is this you know this is the customer base this is how we're going to get to market all right questions and like that's it and so what we've now done is the winner of the pitch competition I take them and I give them another fifteen minute segment to really go deeper in on their business. And so Casper's like, dude, you, you do whatever you want with the 15 minutes. I'm like, got it. I'm like, these people, I'm going to just drill them. And we're going to talk about maybe weaknesses they've got, strengths they've got, and just ways they can improve. And also, who do you need? Like, I get, I hold nothing back. I'm like, this is just gridiron, 15 minutes. What does your company do? How are you going to get it off the ground? Who do you need to help you? And then, great, thanks for coming. <laughs> you do this like at the event or afterwards so after they it pitch? was set up supposed to be like that but you know this whole then corona thing yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. changed okay. how we're doing everything so now we're just doing it virtually okay so i'll go live on the startup grinds page for 15 minutes got it and host this little we still have to yet to come up with a, a funnier catchy name for it so right now it's just pitch recap okay so if anybody can come up with a, a catchy yeah, name wants to send it to us that'd be phenomenal <laughs> nice because we need help with that day in that realm um so the or, so who what's who's the guy that does the startup grind Castro Khalili. okay and he how did he like st- kind of start he i'm kind of like semi from like <clears throat> i've seen the stuff happening but i don't really know you're, you're helping me understand what exactly they're doing so i was just curious so he has an actual startup <clears throat> app that he's created called mentor okay i have seen that okay tell me about this real fast so mentor is another connection app Okay. Basically, hey, I am Patrick. I'm accounting, but I will have this little side idea. I would need a couple of people to help me with this project. And also, I really need a mentor that's really smart in this area. Okay. And so he connects you with mentors. Cool. And then you you could possibly even be a mentor for somebody with your knowledge base. Okay. So from there, he was like, all right. He was like, this is great and all with my app, and I'm able to do this, but I really feel like we need to have something more in the community in Baton Rouge. So he was like, "What, what is there in Baton Rouge that helps startups, that helps small businesses? So he did research, and there's Startup Grind chapter in New Orleans. Oh, okay. So he was like, is there one here? And he said, oh, there is one here. Emailed him. 
no response. So then he emailed <laughs> New Orleans, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, we, we do have one in Baton Rouge, but the, the guy kind of, the president of the chapter kind of just stopped. Okay. And it's just <laughs> ceased doing it. And so Cash was like, okay, well, what can I do to bring it back? Yeah. He was like, oh, let me make some calls. Nice. So he's like, all right, yeah, you can be the president of the chapter if you want. So he's like, all right, heck yeah, I'll do it. And so now he's taking it off and running. I think we're like four months into this now. Sweet. Okay. So we're still very early mm. in the startup of startup grind. The startup Rouge. of startup grind. Love it. But it's... So it's basically like community for startup slash entrepreneur people who are grinding it out. Yeah. Just the people who haven't made it, a quote unquote made right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to see somebody like Brandon Landry or Todd Graves in the crowd. They might be a, a fireside chat speaker. And they were, right? They wasn't weren't what didn't they do a talk? Was that with startup? No, no, no. That was with um, um confusing that was with 368. Oh you're right. Okay. 368. Yeah, that was a 368. Yeah, that was 368. Sorry, uh, Carl, I'll let you down. Yeah. That was um I don't know. Kenny Kenny's probably gonna hate me for not knowing the name of his of the chat. Some assembly, assembly, assembly required. There we go. Boom. Speaking of Kenny, it. we'll come back to Kenny at the end. But yeah, okay. Kenny's great. Yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Okay, so um, <laughs> so then he got started with that, and he, him and I met, <clears throat> we, we met at a pitch competition for the bat for a, a Baton Rouge pitch competition that's put on by a Louisiana Technology Park. Okay. Uh, we met at Sullivan, not Sullivan's, Jubin's. Jubin's. They have it at Jubin's. Mm-hmm. And so we just happened to, to meet each other there by just randomity, and we just hit it off. And then we kept on staying connected, and then I, we connected on LinkedIn, and then we connected on Facebook and we just became friends through that just mutual talking and you cool. know have friends foster. Yep. Normally. And then he was like, Hey, look, dude, I'm doing this thing with startup grind. I'm like, okay, what can I what can I do to help, dude? And he's like, Well, let me let me see what we can do. Let me see what we need. And he's like, All right, well, Google because it's powered by Google. Okay. And because it's Google startups that powers it. And so he gets so much from Google to put on the events and Google does the promotions. Oh, nice. So it's it's a Pretty sweet going. You're working with Google here. Yeah. So again, for me, no brainer. Yeah, right, of course. Of course. Throw my name on there. Nicolas Ultra and Google. Dude. Come on. Man, leverage, man. Dude. I think biggest, you, I think biggest you do takeaway get a, is leverage. You do get a million bucks, I think, is, is what's actually <laughs> happening here. No, I'm just kidding. All leverage. these names are yeah. dropping and throwing out here. They're all paid, people. They're all paid. I'll put a disclaimer at the end of the episode. <laughs> I was actually gonna ask you, like, what 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 do you feel uh like getting the, you know, getting the partnership with Startup Grind and then being able to connect with all these great people that you've had on because you've done 30 something episodes with mm-hmm. like 30 something awesome people. And then it will, you, then the discrepancy will happen once we do my episode. It'll be like, nah, man, you're going to be added to the amazing uh, people. So like, what, what have you kind of found? And, and you said leverage, but like, is there any other thing that you've kind of maybe identified as this is what put me in the right place at the right time to like connect with, with these people? genuinely wanting to put other people up. Okay. That's when you genuinely want to help other people succeed before yourself, people see that and people like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hey, if you're going to help me succeed, yeah, I'll come on and do what you need me to do because it's not, Oh, Hey, come on the show. By the way, you got to write a check before you come on the show. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, Hey dude, please come on the show. Please come on the show. You know, and you have that look, I want to give you a way or a platform to tell the story that you don't even have to worry about. You just come on, you tell your story and I handle everything else, you know, and I make it easy for you to have that story told and spread. And for me, it's just being genuine with who you are and Mm -hmm. true to yourself and not having that, that hook at the end of it. Like, Oh yeah. Taking this back. This is for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, for example, when I had, 
when I had Matthew on the show. Mm-hmm. That was my first video episode. Oh, okay. And that's when I really started seeing the value of video was with him. And for you to say, hey, do you care if I take this and chop this up? I'm like, no, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Just tag me in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only requirement. And having that, seeing that content spread out without me having to do it is so valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And so I know I know the value of that content. And if I can provide that to somebody else, uh, I'm good. Cool. Um, so speaking of, we mentioned Kenny. Yes, Kenny Wynn. Just like a quick aside on this because I'm going to trash him. Why are you going to trash him? A little bit. Not really trash him. Not I just really. brought him on the show. Not we really just trash talked him. about how great he was on the show. <laughs> he is. He's great. He's legit. He's going to be on my podcast. And that's why I'm going to trash him because I emailed him like a couple months ago or a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And he was and, he's busy. And he's traveling. Him, oh, of course. He's always busy. And I, I totally expect that. And he, right. but he said, I'm putting off podcasts till August, is what he said. Of uh, this year? So, yeah. Yeah. Just like because he wanted, he was like wanted to focus. <laughs> right. So then I was like, of course, it's totally fine. And I'm going to set a reminder. I'll email him in August and, and check back up with him. Uh-uh. Right. And then he pops up on your podcast. <laughs> I was you like, him I was like, Patrick got him Say on dude. there. So yeah. So how'd you get him on? And I'm assuming the, I'm a, cause he alluded to it. I'm assuming the answer is persistence. I was about to say, did you, did you watch that episode? Yeah. I watched the whole thing. So at the end live, like, Oh, you watched the whole thing live? I watched the last, uh, I watched about half of it live and then I rewinded it and watched the first Gotcha. Time. All right. So you were that one person I saw. Of course. Dude. Love it. Dedicated follower. That's it. Dedicated follower. <laughs> Chase right here. Um, so no, that was, it was persistence. Yeah. So sometimes... How many times did you email him or text him or whatever? Or show up at his business and... Inquire? I never showed up. Okay. <laughs> Although we... So we did have an encounter. We knew we knew each other beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've met uh, several times at the LSU 100 event. And I've also met... Uh, I had stumbled in... This is a, a kind of a crazy story. So... You know, I have time to go on a, on a tangent. I don't story. know. What time is it? Yeah. Oh, it's 25 yeah, minutes. Dude, come on. Okay. So... Back at LSU, I was still in the entrepreneurship department, you know, first graduate going through. And so I kind of, I was kind of on the forefront of everything that was happening mm-hmm. at LSU back then, just getting, I don't want to say just getting started, <clears throat> just getting started with a degree. And so we had the ability to chat with some eBay executives that were coming in. For that uh, eBay thing they did eBay there? Retail Revival. Yeah. So I got to go to the lunch and learn with them, the nice. breakfast with them. And it was me and one other student, Charles Swallow, who was actually also on the podcast, Industrial Flow. He sells pumps, parts, seals, and everything you need for that nature. Okay. Um, and so I was sitting in the breakfast and chatting with all these people, and then I got to meet a really good friend of mine who, I call him a friend, but we haven't really talked a lot just because he's super busy with mm. entrepreneurship organization, which is a global organization. Mm. And his name is Kevin Langley. And so we got to go, I got to go with him to this breakfast, and then I got to go with him to the mayor declaring small business day. Yeah. So I got to go to the mayor's press conference, be on TV in the suit and tie. Woohoo. Nice. Yeah, it was great. So then for this eBay retail revival, after they had the breakfast, after he took them, the executives all around town and showed them Baton Rouge and everything, they went to Radio Bar. Mm. And he was like, hey, dude, come to Radio Bar. And I was like, why? He was like, just come to Radio Bar. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to Radio Bar. So I show up to Radio Bar and we're sitting there, we're chatting with all these eBay executives. <clears throat> I got like, 15, 20 minutes to talk with them about at the time, my lifestyle brand that I had going. Okay. Cause I wanted to be a part of e- re- uh, eBay retail revival with my brand and sell my product on eBay through their program, uh, which didn't end up happening, but probably for the better. And so after that was over, 
he was like, you know, everybody's leaving. He's like, all right, yeah, good night. He's like, Patrick, well, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just going to head home. He's like, no, dude, get in the van. Literally, <laughs> get, <laughs> get in the van. He has a Mercedes Sprinter van, right? Okay. He's bringing these executives around town. In. Okay. And so he's like, no, dude, get in the van. We're going to, uh, we're going to, Kenny Wynn has an event at 368. We're going there. Nice. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, they're halfway through. We're going to stop in. He's like, I want these people to see what he's up to. So I'm like, okay. So then we show up because he's like, he's like, the mayor is going to be there. It's going to be fun. I'm like, all right, whatever. Sure. So I get in the van. <laughs> as creepy as that sounds. And we head down to 368. The lesson here is we have two lessons so far. Leverage and get in the van. Get in the van. Dude, when somebody says, hey, come with me. If you know them and they're not holding a bag of candy. <laughs> Got it. Like, yeah, let's use course. your common sense here. Of course. And so I'm like, I'm like, all right, sure. No problem. So sure enough, we get, we show up, we pull up 368, big old Sprinter van right out front downtown. I mean, you know, the parking's horrendous. Yes. So then we, we get up there and we meet with, we meet with Kenny, we meet with Gus and we meet with, uh, the mayor's aide, not the mayor's, mayor's right hand person. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry if I called you an aide. That's a <laughs> derogatory term. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know the terms. The assistant. I'm not in politics, all right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what you call you. So he met with him. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I'm just some little kid here. And all these people are here. And so we're all chatting and hanging out for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, Kenny's like, all right, come on in. Come on in. We got in a great event going off. So like, all right, we're going in. So we go in and literally like two hours of two hours later at 368 talking with Kenny, Gus, Kevin, the eBay executives. And all this stuff. I'm like, all right, that was pretty fun. And then I get hop back in the van. No, no, I'm sorry. Then the mayor's um, person brought me back to the bar. So I got to talk with them more. Nice. And then got back in my truck and, and went home and never really thought much of that. And then come to an LSU 100 event and I see Kevin there again. And then Kenny's there again. So I'm like, oh, Kenny, what's up, dude? So then I'm like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. And then I go to Comedians Debate. Oh, I wanted to go to that. I couldn't make it. Yeah. So I went to comedians debate and this is, we're, <clears throat> we're blowing through a timeline here. We're now up to speed probably six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I go to comedians debate and then Kenny is the, he's one of the debaters, yeah. him and Franz Borghardt, who has also been on the show yeah. and Betty Mahika Milana. And uh, I keep on forgetting the other guy's name of um, Latko. They were, yeah, they yeah. were the other people. And funny enough, the other guest whose name I'm forgetting, he was actually a professor of mine at LSU. And Betty came on for Latco on the podcast as well. And so I'm sitting there and I'm talking with Kenny. I'm like, dude, what's up? What's happening? And I had been messaging him like a month or two months before this to come nice. on the podcast. Nice. And he couldn't make it for travel reasons. Busy time of the year. I get it. Yeah, All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see him at Comedians Debate. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm so sorry, man. I've been super crazy. <laughs> I, February. He's like, February, dude, I'm coming on the show. I'm like, yeah, you are. Kenny. Yeah, you are coming on the show, dude. He's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Just, just email me or whatever. So then February happens. And I mean, at this time I'm running and gunning and I'm booking people like two, three guests a week. I'm booking people at this rate for the Patty G show. And finally I get him to commit to a day. And as soon as he commits to the day, something comes up and he can't make it. I'm like, I get that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like the king of last minute texting you saying, Hey, I can't make it for whatever (laughs) reason it may be. So then finally we're like, all right, we'll touch base again soon. And then, coronavirus hit Mm -hmm. and we couldn't do anything so i'm like no yeah we can nice i email kenny back up i'm like hey dude you're coming on the show i'm like you have no excuse you can't travel (laughs) you're at your house what's your got him (laughs) got him and he's like all right dude i'll do it (laughs) i'll do it nice so then he came on 
and it was a blast we had a fun time and that's what at the end of the show he's like patch i gotta give it to you only reason i came on is because of how persistent you were yeah i know i heard that and i was like okay and ding in my head i was like that's what i gotta do so take so take away guys eagles vision from this point on yep. persistent persistent if you want something go after it and get it got it and by the way Kenny's not listening to this and never will, but... Oh, he will. I'm going to send it to him. If he is, I wasn't trashing him. I was trashing myself. It's my own fault. But I'm going to get him and, and Patty's going to help me get Dude, Kenny. After this, after this, shoot him a message and CC me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him a selfie of yeah, me and you. Of me and, you. and we're both going to be pointing at him and then like... It's your turn. Do, do the animation <laughs> that you do or hire whoever you hire to do the animation and make us look like uh, the I want you picture. The I want... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send that to him. Okay. Love it. Sweet. All right. I'm looking at the clock. We have like 15 minutes. So... Uh, cool. There's like two more major things that I wanted to ask you Let's about, do it. and this is it's not going to be like super in depth. I'm mostly sarcastic about it, but taxes. So okay. like, how much? Uh, how much? Like, are you doing? We just took a hard turn, by the way. Are you Dude, doing? We just did like not even <clears throat> done 180. We did like a 720 and just spun yeah, around few. and then dog leg left. By the way, side note: I just saw an article that they're going to do remakes of Tony Hawk Pro Skater from the olden days. I don't even own a gaming console, but I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm gonna have to buy buy one for that. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so tax buy one of these mics. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh what are like are you doing personal tax returns for people? Like are are you doing taxes in general? Yes. Okay. And are and it's there's I just like there's so many things I want to talk about and we don't have like so, I don't get too far in the weeds, but tell me like what you what you cover and then maybe I'll ask you some questions on it. If that may, if that makes sense. My answer is I cover everything. Perfect. Um, so I, I, I do fiduciary returns. I do S-corp returns. I do C-corp returns. I do partnership returns. I do sole proprietor returns. I do individual returns. I mean, you name it, I do it. Okay. All right. Question number one. Yes. Why is the tax code so complicated? Because it keeps me in a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because um, they have a lot of bases to cover. They have a lot of different scenarios. Every person is unique in their own individual tax situation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different issues to be covered that we can't just throw a blanket on. I can't throw a blanket 30% tax rate. That would be absurd. On the country. Could I you mean, throw a blanket on like 10%? On like on like just everyone? Like you, why isn't that? So if you that's throw, my main so, question. So, so like, hear me out. So you throw a 10% blanket on there. <clears throat> you now have the 1% of the 1% only paying 10% of taxes. They are all for that every day of the week. Every day of the week, they're all for that. Right. Problem is the government, a little greedy, a little greedy in there. Would never guess. And so they say, well, no, 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 no. Those people that make 10, 20, 100 billion dollars a year, we want a little more than 10% of that mm -hmm. because we have got stuff we need to pay for. And 10% of everybody's income doesn't cover those bills. So we need to have brackets. You make so much, you owe us so much because we're assuming you use so much governmental resources. Mm -hmm. But I mean, truth be told, the lower income of the bracket, the lower bracket of the income uses more governmental resources than the higher end of the bracket. For sure. And the now, higher end pays like something, it's not 1% pays like something like 90% of the federal revenue or something along those lines. Some, I don't know like the that. numbers. Yeah. And there is like a political conversation there is, is like what I'm hinting at and we don't really need to go into that because but i'm just curious of like as an accountant i guess your answer would be like you know i love the complication because that's where your expertise comes in obviously but right. do you but is there like is there i mean i don't know i guess it doesn't make more sense it doesn't make sense to me that it's so complicated so, and then and then people sorry and then people complain about all the tax loopholes like right. people take advantage of the tax loopholes and all that so it's like if it was simple there would be no tax <laughs> loopholes but if there are loopholes there people are gonna take them so so People who 
people who may not be fully aware of the situation call them loopholes. People who are fully aware of the situation calls them incentives. Yeah. For example, the motion picture tax credit. Yep. It's 40% of your budgetary spends in Louisiana, and there's a big asterisk by there because there's a lot of qualifications you Mm -hmm. have to get to meet that. But the idea is whenever somebody hears that, oh, you're getting 40% tax credit on everything you spend for a movie here in Louisiana, that's just absurd. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you get a 40% tax credit? And by the way, a tax credit is a direct dollar-for-dollar reduction of your taxes owed. So it doesn't take, like if you make $10,000 a year, it doesn't say, oh, no, you just make $9,000 a year. No, it says you make ten thousand. You pay a thousand in taxes. This tax credit means you now only pay five hundred in taxes. Okay. So it's a direct dollar 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 for dollar reduction of your tax bill, and so for this movie credit, people see it as oh well, that's just the the rich get to play with their money and do whatever they want. It's like no, I mean in a sense yes, but on the flip side. They're putting money into the economy and the local economy because they're forced to spend money locally. They're forced to hire local. They're forced to use local talent. That's how you qualify for this credit. So there's there's incentives in that nature because they know the wealthy want as much incentives and tax credits as they can get. Mm-hmm. But they also know they want to give back to the community in a way that is creating jobs. So for a film ministry, you're going to use a whole bunch of people that may not have had a job mm-hmm. had you not hired them. And yeah, you get a great tax a tax credit from it, but at the same time, I'm also getting tens, twenties of jobs for people to get money that they wouldn't have elsewise. Right. And so for the government, they say, okay, if you hire that person, we essentially may not have to put them in governmental housing or give them a governmental stimulus check. And so that's going to save us money. So we're going to give an incentive to hire them. Kind okay. Of. Yeah. I think all that makes a lot of sense to me. Um and I'm, we're going like kind of quick fire because I've pushed this uh, to like minimal out of the last few minutes. But Let's do it. what, uh, all right, what are some incentives, mm-hmm. not loopholes, that a person, uh, a, do, a person with their individual taxes could take advantage of? Is there, and this is like kind of a question that I would love to have an accountant walk, because I do my own taxes like on TurboTax, because yeah. my taxes are not complicated uh, or not people as not. much. Yeah. So like, but you know, is there things that I could be doing, spend this here, don't spend this here type thing to save money on taxes? Retirement accounts. So put money away in, retire- in retirement and accounts? In tax, tax beneficial retirement accounts. Okay. Like, would, like um, a Roth IRA? Roth, a, a Roth IRA, a simple, retire- a simple individual retirement account, a SEP uh, individual retirement account. Something that uses your dollars for you that will reduce your taxable earnings. So if you make $15,000, you make $15,000 gross earnings, Yep. but $2,500 of that was put away into an IRA, well, you're now only taxed at your $12,500. Okay, that's legit, did not know this. So while you may not see that cash in your hands, you're like, well, I can't touch it. Well, yeah, you're deferring it. Right. You're making sure that when you retire, you have that money. And you owe less taxes. Well, and for the year, and then when you were, if you make a certain age, you can take the money out tax free. That depends on the type of retirement account you have set up. Some okay. t- retirement accounts are done pre-tax, and some retirement accounts are done post-tax. Pre-tax means that is taxed on the back end uh, when you take it out. Post-tax means it's taxed on the front end and it's tax-free when you pull it when out. When you take it out, okay, cool. That's awesome, great insight. And as I mentioned before, questions escape my mind as you're mm-hmm. answering my questions. So I had a good one. That just escaped me, but maybe it'll come Let's back. Imagine soon. I gave a good answer. You did give a great answer. Perfect. You're Love teaching it. me stuff, which is which is amazing. Um, okay, how much does it cost to get a CPA? How much should you pay to get a CPA to do your tax returns? You're okay. asking me for a blanket answer. It's yeah, not a blanket answer. It's not a blanket answer. It's okay, not. you're right because everybody's different. If let's say you come to me and you have a W two and your wife has a W two, 
I can price you out. It's going to take me, you know, a half hour. It's going to cost whatever the firm charges for a half hour of my time okay. to do the return. Plus whatever amount of time it's going to take for a partner to review the return. Because we don't just have, you know, us peasants, staff accountants <laughs> doing the stuff and then shipping it out. Mm-hmm. Somebody reviews it to make sure what we did was right. And that typically comes at the partner level. Um, but for somebody else to walk in, he could come in and have two rental properties mm-hmm. that he's got to run a schedule E. He will very soon. <clears throat> exactly. Hopefully. You know, <laughs> see, exactly. So he could come in with an entirely different tax situation than you. And that's where we go back Much to more that. Work. That's where we go back to that. Each tax situation is different. Yeah. Different. Got that's it. why the law is so different. Got it. I still totally disagree and wish that it was a flat tax on everyone because I'm like, <laughs> An ideologue, I guess. So run um, some numbers. Look at the annual GDP incurred, and, annual GDP created by individuals in the United States. Run that at your flat tax rate. Yes. And then I know where you're going. Look at the calculation. And I think the, the government revenue should come down to whatever that number is. That's and then and then ninety percent of that okay. government revenue should go to the military and nothing else. Okay. <laughs> We're not getting political. We're just moving on. Sorry. Louisiana we, roads are already so bad. We don't have much time. And if private companies did the roads and not the government, they would be much better. And I would pay tolls for that, by the way. Okay, so moving along. All right, sorry. You are you, you just I, crossed I like so many different <laughs> conversations. And we can't topics. do it. That's why we're definitely gonna do another one. Maybe I'm in, okay. I'm maybe in. for the next episode we'll we'll do it in a few months or something and I'll like write down questions and then we can talk. Maybe that'll be better. Let's do it, man. Because now we're just winging it and just which is how it's supposed to be. That's what I, I remember my question though. I have a yes. da- I have a daughter now. Okay. What's the best <clears throat> like type of account I should start to put money away for college? You need to start a um and my goal is education, to avoid the most taxes. Um, an education account. I think it's called a five twenty eight. Five twenty eight. I believe. Consult consult whoever has your retirement account, they'll know. Okay. They'll they set them up all the time. If not, I can give you somebody who can. Okay. I'll catch up with you on that after. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Yeah, I would it's a it's a it's an account that you can use for funds to pay for her education. And if it, and if she doesn't want to go to college, mm-hmm. Can we still take the money out tax free or whatever the tax? I, I thing would is? I would have to read on the rules. Okay, that. we can do that later. But that was a question I know some I had stuff, but I still do a lot of research before I answer questions. Love it. Um, all right, That's, like I said, there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but let's get back to the podcast. Um, Wait, this wasn't the podcast. No, I mean your <laughs> podcast. Give me some. Uh, I'm curious to know because you've done like thirty something episodes, right? And um, I think. Well, I'll talk to Jordan Heffler and she has her own podcast. Yeah. Supposed so, to be going on to hers soon. Nice. Um, but so you're the uh, second person I've had that is a podcaster on, right. I'm pretty sure. But I didn't really talk to her about her podcast as much. So tell me like she does, some- She does so many super cool things, man. She does. She does too much. Yeah, she, Jordan, I, I wouldn't be able to keep up. Well, especially now. I mean, she's in quarantine. Her TikTok game is on fire. It's crazy. Fire. Yeah. Her you watch her TikTok game. too? Yeah. She does a lot. And she has like uh, some video that I saw the other day that was going viral. Has like a million views or something. Right. Uh, anyways. Okay. So what have you learned mm-hmm. doing 30 something episodes of the podcast? Like give me maybe- uh, one thing that you identified you were bad at and you've tried to fix. And then what's maybe one thing that you've feel like has benefited you from doing a podcast. One thing I realized early on, I was bad at, I'm still continuously working on, especially with digital kind of creates a new barrier and a new kind of hurdle to Mm -hmm. overcome. And that is subtle responses when interviewing somebody. So if you go listen to my very first podcast, I mean, the second podcast with Daniel Ellender, listen to that. 
because my wife listened to that and she counted how many times <laughs> I said, yep, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. yep, mm-hmm, okay. Hearing that in normal conversation, we expect that. We want that. Right. We want that gratification that I know you're listening to me. I know you're listening to me. We want that, yes, okay, that head shake, that head nod. But in a podcast form, whenever <laughs> somebody has the headphones plugged in, they can't see that. And if I'm talking and you're saying yes, uh huh, or you're talking, I'm saying yes, uh huh, I'm sure. That's all they're going to pick up on is that they're like, stop. They're like, stop talking. Just whoever's doing that, stop talking. I'm trying right. to listen to what this person's yep. saying. Right. Of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's something I've, I've actually noticed as well. So keep going. And so for me, I'm like, all right, dude, you have to stop. I'm like, you have to figure out another way to give that person the notion that you're listening and doing digital is so much harder now. So mm. now when I, when I used to, because now I've, I've canceled my subscription, I'm no longer doing digital podcasts. With BeLive? BeLive. It was a great platform. I used it once. It was pretty cool. It was, it was cool, but now I'd rather in person. And so for me, it's like, okay, how can I let them know I'm listening and engaging in what they're saying without verbalizing that? Mm. And so for me, that was the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles to get over was just being able to shake my head and nod and mm. know that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. Uh, and what's the, how do you think it's like, has it given you any new skills or anything like that? It's given me, so I've been lucky enough to have most of my guests. I'm not going to say names. Most of my guests tend to be well-spoken and they can talk well. They can answer questions well. They can elaborate. They can talk more than I will talk in the episode, which from a podcasting standpoint, one that has hosts, one that has guests, you want the guest to be kind of the center of attention, at least in my mind. I could be, I could be way off cue here. No, no, you essentially want that person to be the center of attention, so you want them to say the bulk of the words. Mm -hmm. Well, for some people, they just can't because they're too introverted. So for me, it's learn to read people and read how they're going to respond to a question and read how much for the lack of better, how much pull do I have to do to get them through this podcast? Mm. How much do I have to like push them down the hall and just get them to talk? Because I don't, my only prep for a show is the knowledge I have on the person. Mm. Initially, it was to the point I would script it out and I would have a bullet point of questions and I'd go through my iPad and I'd make sure I touched all these questions. That maybe lasted for six or seven episodes. After that point, um, I think it's when I started drinking on the shows that I realized I'd rather drink than and drink and have a conversation than look down at my, yeah. at my iPad and see where I'm at. So it's taught me to know how to direct a conversation in a way I want it to. And also to know when somebody is struggling to continue to expounding upon a question. Okay. Like if I see somebody talking and they just get to the point where they're like, you know, and then um, I, I went down the hall and, you know, I'm like, all right, so what about this? Yeah. You know, I learned to respond quicker and also it's taught me to sit back and listen, but actively listen, not just hear what they're saying, but actually listen to what mm -hmm. they're saying. Because for a podcast, I could sit here and you could be talking or I could be talking and your mind could be thinking about, you Absolutely. know, why is my wife not giving me the smart fridge <laughs> that like, why isn't that happening? Yeah. And in reality, as soon as I get off on that tangent, <clears throat> you're going to stop. And once you stop, I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Where were we? <laughs> yeah. And then I have to kick it back off somewhere and pick up the conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's being an active listener has been one of the valuable lessons I've gotten through podcasts. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I definitely, I'm the type, I just hate small talk. And so 
it's just, and I don't like that I do it, but almost every normal everyday conversation I have with someone, I don't really listen as much as I would like to. And what we're talking about, cause I'm just thinking about Everything what I got to do. And like, I just, I would rather go do than talk to this person at the moment. And so I think that's definitely helped me like listen and try to like focus more and, uh, not just hear it, but like comprehend what they're saying and then have follow up questions, which is the, the best tell if you're listening is if you have like decent follow up questions. Um, and definitely the, another reason that I started this one was to get better at talking with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helped me to, um, close it out. What is the future of Patrick Grimion looking like? What are you, uh, so CPA exam we know is happening. Right. I'm, I'm passing that thing. I think it'll be passed next time. Definitely. Right. At the end of the, at the end of 2020, that's the goal. Be a CPA. What is, uh, your, Okay. I guess my two questions, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you want to take the podcast? Mm-hmm. And then you're, you have a major in entrepreneurship. Uh, what's like some business ideas that you have? I don't want to tell them all. You're going to steal them. You're right. No, I'm kidding. Um, give me a glimpse. Honestly, man, the long-term play, like if I'm just being brutally honest, the long-term play is finding somebody I bring on the show that we can go into business together. Nice. Okay. So I, I have ideas. I'm not the most creative person in the world. My post edit of the podcast should tell you that, <laughs> <laughs> but I can help people take their ideas and run with them. Okay. And for me, it's bringing on enough guests, getting enough knowledge, becoming a name that people can go to with ideas and helping them succeed in that way. And just, I mean, that's why at the end of every podcast I ask, what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that in every literal sense of the word, cool. You know, like if I have hardcore after the show, you're like, dude, I'm really struggling. And you're like, you know I need some money to get through this tough time. Like, All right, man. Like, what do you need? What do you need, bro? Do you have a million dollars? Right, exactly. You know, like that's a genuine question. It's not just, oh, hey, what can I do to help? You yeah. know, it's, it's what can I do to help? And one day someone's going to say, well, man, I've got this great idea. Let's talk about it. I'm like, let's do it. And cool. so for me, it's more of a long-term play of patiently waiting for the right opportunity, but positioning myself to be there when someone is ready. Nice. And then monetizing the podcast for sponsors yeah. and such about that. We got to get some sponsorships, a million bucks right. here, a million bucks there, that type of thing. Let's see, man, you're going too high. Okay. You're going ten for bucks two, here, go, 10 bucks there. That's it, man. Look, <laughs> you're going for the million, you're going for the million buck grab. For me, it's, Hey, can I get 10 people to pay me a thousand bucks a month? That'd be great. Yeah. Carl sent me pictures of G wagons and stuff. Like, so we, Carl's rocking like, the G wagons. We got to get the budget up in this podcast. G wagons yeah. and smart fridges. G-wagons Carl is his fridges. name. Um, cool. Well, uh, Patrick, at the risk of cutting Carl's question off here, Patrick, let's close <sighs> it out. Really appreciate you coming out. And I think we should definitely do this again. Cause I think I probably should write out a list of questions for you. You're like a numbers guy. We should have things more structured. I'm sorry for that, but hopefully you enjoyed your Coca-Cola classic and hanging out. I and now we got to go do yours. That's it, man. We're going to roll straight into mine. I'm going to go use the restroom, but we're going to roll into it. Love it. Thank you, man. Thanks. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode with Patty G. And don't forget to go check out the Patty G Show, not only on your podcasting platform of choice, but also on social media. He puts out content and episodes under the Patty G Show on all social media platforms. So make sure you catch up. You might enjoy listening to a few of the guests that he's had on his show. There might be a little bit of crossover between his and mine. Hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Thanks again, Patrick, for coming by and chatting with me. Really appreciate it. And thanks to our sponsor for this episode, The Patty G Show, a great local podcast that paid me to be mentioned on this podcast. 
The Patty G Show is the place for thought-provoking business discussions with people from all walks of life in and around the Baton Rouge area, hosted by Patrick D. Grimion. All right, Patrick, I'm not going to invoice you for $1 million for that shout out.